What is going on, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio. I'm your host, Angelo, with a new mic. With me, as always, is Alex. And Alex, today we discussed the topic like five times, and I think we decided that we're just going to talk about offenses we want to talk about. Hey, guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we went back and forth calling it like a bunch of names, but at the end, we're basically just talking about offenses that. I mean, don't get the re- the like the recognition that we think they should get. So basically, just talking about offense that we like. I don't know about that. You wanted to talk about KC. What do you want to talk about KC? You you like the wide receivers in Kansas City? Yeah, right? yeah. It's just basically the wide receivers. I think they're all going a bit too low, and I think one of those guys will really pop up this year. Uh, it won't be just like the Kelsey show, and then a bunch of guys getting targets. I think one of those guys will actually emerge as a solid fantasy option. And they're all being okay. drafted super late. So Okay, gun to your head. Which one is it? Sky Moore. Same. I like Rice, but Sky Moore just... I think he has A, a little bit better of a profile, and B, he's had a year in the league to get accommodated. So... We could be looking at the end of the season, and Sky Moore could be one of the top 24 wide receivers, and that wouldn't surprise me one bit. He has all yep. the tools. He's great athletically. He produced in college. He stayed on the team the whole season, and they tried to use him more in the playoffs, and I don't think that gets talked about enough. So they want to yep. use him. They want him to be great, and I think he wants to be great. I think, I think Sky Moore is in for a really good season. Yeah, and he did score a touchdown in the Super Bowl as well. Yeah. So, I just remember against the Bengals, kept trying to go to him, and it just wasn't working because we're great! Yeah. <laughs> I believe he scored like a four-yard touchdown to end one of the, those drives and extend the lead. But yeah, we're, we're sort of getting a bit ahead of ourselves. There's some news to talk about. Um, for Taylor, example... That is correct. Yeah. So the Colts agreed to Jonathan Taylor to look for trade partners to someone who is A, willing to sign him, and B, willing to give up either a first or the equivalent of a first. And I'm assuming that means the Christian McCaffrey package. So what do you think about that? Because I feel like this is just like a setup to – this is basically setting Jonathan Taylor up to fail. Because – like, I'm sorry, I don't think because John because Christian McCaffrey was already paid, if memory serves, right? Yes. So, so the 49ers didn't have to invest that; they just had to invest the draft capital, and they were in a position to do that. So they have to find a team contending with the draft capital and willing to. Pay. They're setting this man up for failure. What team even comes to mind when you think about that? The Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins, maybe. Yeah, I mean the the Dolphins seem to be tied up with. Every running back that's available, so they obviously were thrown in this hat. Uh, I did see one one report. I'm not sure how believable it is, but it was that Washington and mutual Washington and JT had mutual interest in a move. So, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that move. So like he gets to earn his career somewhere else. 
Yeah, basically, I mean, I still don't think it will get traded. I mean, the asking price is ridiculous. I mean, let's be real. If there was a team who would give up a first and pay a running back while also not being competitive, it's Washington. Yeah, I mean, it's the new ownership, so I don't know. It's, it's hard to be worse than Dan Snyder, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, who would pay like a first or an equivalent to a first uh, for a... A running back that if he was dead tomorrow, no one would miss, according to Jim Merced. Seems kind of contradictory <laughs> to what he said prior, I believe. I don't know. I, I just think I just think the Colts are setting Jonathan Taylor up to fail and Yeah, they obviously don't want to trade him. I mean it's it's a it's a screw you like type of asking price. Yeah. Just yeah, no, like, like you can't, you can't find, you have to like search into the like the deep dark cresses of your mind to even think of a team that even kind of makes sense. Like, yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. what I do think... you think? Do you think that means Jonathan Taylor plays this year? Do you think, like, let's say miracles align and he does find a team willing to give up the equivalent of a first and pay him the money he wants? <laughs> does that increase his odds of playing to you? Because I know you said you don't think he plays for the Colts this year, but does that mean he plays for another team? Uh, I mean, yeah. If there's a team willing to give him the contract, he 100% plays. I still, I still believe he's, he's nurturing that, that ankle injury that he suffered last year. Um, so I think he plays if he gets the contract. I think like the situation in the in Indianapolis isn't the greatest right now. But, but before all of this, like trade talk and so on, kicked off. He, he seemed to be on schedule to join the team for the last preseason game, so I wouldn't shock it wouldn't shock me right now if he even plays for the Colts this year at this point. Seems like a, a situation where he'll just end up playing wherever he is right now. This is just sad. This is one of the best running backs in the league, and we can't. We can't I, this is just sad. Yeah. In other news, though, Jackson Smith and Jigba, did you see those news? Yes, he has to have surgery. Yeah, surgery in the wrist. Apparently, it's three to four weeks. Uh, I have seen uh, throughout, throughout Twitter that, like, best-case scenarios, that is close to 100% by week four, that week one is completely unre- unrealistic. So, yeah, like, slow start to his rookie. That is I think not that it will be great. But it's great news for Tyler Lockett, though, especially if you got him at the ADP before this Jackson Smith and Jigba news. You're through the moon. Yeah, no, 100%. This definitely looks like a huge win for Tyler Lockett. His His main competition is for targets is basically gone. And yeah. And we forget how good Tyler Lockett usually is. He's usually pretty pretty highly ranked in the deep ball situations and so on. And Gino was pretty good last year. I believe he can still take another step towards with better protection uh, ahead of him. So all wheels up for Tyler Lockett, it seems. Yeah, I think Tyler Lockett honestly has been a fairly undervalued asset in fantasy for a while now. And I think that continues. He's... He's a really good value. Yeah. Another injury, though. Terry McLaurin. 
went down with an injury in the last preseason game versus the Ravens. Apparently, there's yeah, but apparently there's optimism for Week One. Doesn't seem like something too too serious. Ron Rivera said it was day to day, which at this point in the off season, it's almost like week to week or month to month. Uh, yeah, let's hope he's he's all well and good by Week One. He's one of the better wide receivers in the league, and much like Tyler Lockett, is tad underrated most of the times. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd I'd call him underrated. Yeah, I think it's a bit. I mean, dude has never had that, like, great wide receiver one season, but he just had a wide receiver 13 season, which is pretty good in PPR. And... My manager used to have a saying, which is you have to draw the line somewhere. You have to draw the line between a top wide receiver and the next tier somewhere. And that is 12 because most leagues are 12 man. So he didn't, he didn't cut the mustard. Was he close? Yes. But at the end of the day, you want someone who cuts the mustard. Cutting the mustard. All right. (laughs) Never heard of that one. Of course you haven't. You're from Portugal. You guys don't have mustard up there. We actually do. You sneaky, sneaky. Uh, talking about so, mustard, Bijan, Bijan Robinson now has his own brand of mustard, which is like an amazing news, I guess. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, talking about condiments, uh, Will Levis now has a, a lifetime, I believe it's like a lifetime deal with a mayo company. Oh my God. It's uh, Hold on. I'm looking this up now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's almonds. Oh, here it is, CBS Sports. Hellman's. It is Hellman's. It is Hellman's. It is Hellman's. He has a lifetime contract with Hellman's. I mean, let's be real. If you are, like, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs enough to put mayonnaise in your coffee, is this not the least bit that Hellman's can do? Yeah. For willingly subjecting yourself to that? Just surprising you got life. like that deal when he's looking to be like the quarterback three on a team, but still, he got his bag. I mean, he he's just known for that. What else is Will Love is known for other than putting mayo in coffee? Throwing in shirts. Throwing what? Throwing bombs and shirts in shirts. In shorts, <laughs> my bad. Shorts. Yeah. Shorts. <laughs> That's what he means. Throwing bombs in deep bombs and shorts. Jesus. So, uh, let's talk about... You wanted to talk about the Buccaneers. I think I'm going to go there because I don't agree with this one. You think the Buccaneers... Granted, they have everything that you would want to be successful as a quarterback. You got... Oh, God, sorry. Chris Godwin. You got Mike Evans. You got Rashad White. So you got two wide receivers. You got a running back. And I don't think Kadon is a terrible tight end. He's not a great tight end, but I'd say about league average. Yes, Their yeah. offensive line is going to be healthier. It's not. It's probably a top 10 offensive line. 
So, yeah, it does have the things to facilitate a quarterback, but do you really think Baker is that quarterback to utilize all those weapons? I don't. To be frank, I was expecting you to like them. That's what I mentioned previous oh, to the show. Oh, yeah. Oh. Because, because you, you seem to be like the Baker Mayfield defender, so. What has Baker Mayfield done for anyone to like him? I, am I don't know. You, you seem to like him, like I from our from our previous talks. His blunders and his mistakes, and he's made a lot of them. Just because I pointed out that hey, he likes to like to dump it off and he likes to take risks, that's why you go for potentially Rashad White or Mike Evans. That you doesn't also mean did... I think Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. You also did mention like they would have what was it seven or eight wins with Baker Mayfield under the center? I mean... They play in the NFC South. But they are terrible. They play in the NFC South. And other than the quarterback, I'm not sure where exactly they're questionable. The O-line isn't great. The defense the has lost his They still have Tristan Wurst. And who else? That's a good point. Because Tom Brady didn't seem to agree last year when he took all of those hits. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Tristan Wurst was hurt most of that year, was he not? Oh, was it? Pretty sure he was. Yeah, and on defense, they also lost quite a bit of, like, few pieces, if I recall correctly. And they still have Evan White around, which, like, that's subtraction by addiction, I believe. So... so yeah. He so did play 13 of 17. So you selfish. You selfish. You are so selfish. You didn't want to talk about the Bucks because you like the Bucks. You wanted to talk about the Bucks because you don't like the Bucks. Exactly. Oh my God. Oh I my do God. think, I do think, to be frank, that Mike Evans is probably a solid target where he's going right now. I mean, because the, the ball, the ball has to move. Executive seasons of 1,000 yards has he had? It's a lot. I mean, I believe if he gets, like, one more, he breaks the record, exactly. doesn't he? Yeah, so, I mean, the offense has to, has to run by someone. They just can't be the worst offense ever. So someone has to catch the ball. That's the thing. That's the that's the argument you make if you want to target someone on the Bucks offense. It's It can't be so bad that no one is a great fantasy producer. The, the question you have is who is producing after that one guy and who is that one guy? If that's not Mike Evans, it could be Chris Godwin. And if it's not Chris Godwin, it could be Rashad White. So you just kind of got to close your eyes, you know, throw the dart and hope you hit the right one. I would just start with Mike Evans in my opinion. I honestly, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Rashad White or Chris Godwin is the cheapest I'd go with Rashad. Uh, I think it's... Uh, Rashad is probably the lowest here right now. I think it's more likely Baker gets hit a lot and he starts dumping off to Rashad White than it is Mike Evans is just going to get a bunch of deep bombs. Yeah, it's more likely that Kyle Trask starts after the season. Oh, stop it. He did have a good preseason game last yeah. game, though. Yep. 
Yes, you sir. You said you don't want to talk about Detroit. There's because you think there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, I just think it's like most of the pieces Honestly, are known. You said here's the thing. Here's you just said most of the pieces are known. What pieces are there after Amon Ra St. Brown? That will be fantasy relevant. Yes. Uh, they'll get running backs, both of them, and then San Laporta. Both of them? Yeah, I think both would be relevant. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. No. I think both can get at least a running back this season. Most likely one of them will be a running back one. I think it's Gibbs. Oh, if one it, of them gets it. Could be, could be, but I like Montgomery. I think he will get the line the goal line work. I think he's being slept on and he's going quite later than David Montgomery, so I mean that's also fair. So you said you didn't want to talk about the Falcons because the Falcons, their all their weapons are known. Here's the thing. I think all their weapons are kind of overrated in fantasy. Yeah, they're all being drafted way too high. We've mentioned that. Yeah. Uh, There's no way. I think it's a similar situation to Tampa, where they have all the fancy cool name weapons, but a quarterback who can't facilitate more than one. If you're lucky... If you're lucky, one of Drake London or Kyle Pitts will come along with B. John Robinson, if you're lucky. I don't know if that's a guarantee, though. At this point, I'm starting what to... You, here's a great question. What do you do if you have Kyle Pitts or Drake London in Dynasty? You old, probably. You old? You, you don't... So, um, I forgot who I was watching. I think it was someone to do with Matt Kelly. But they were talking about the idea of selling Drake London now and then buying him back in the middle of the season after he clearly underperforms his ADP and expectations for this year because he can't possibly meet them. I have heard of that as well. I I heard the same podcast. What do you think of that idea? My problem with that idea... Yeah, my problem with that idea is that, like, if if you love the talent... Uh, and you think like after the midway part of the season, he will get better, and like at closer to the end of the season, he will be at around the same level. Why are you selling and taking the risk that he actually starts the season well? So if you're just gonna buy for a cheap discount. So here's the thing: the no, the idea is to sell him now higher, wait till he underperforms, and then buy him back because you like him. But here's the thing: if but... you sell him to someone. Guess what likely is the case? That someone also believes in Drake London! So you're not going to get him back! Yeah, and I mean, I understand the logic like of doing that thing, but my, my issue with it, with it is just that what if he doesn't start the season like slow? They have the easiest schedule in the league. Why are you thinking like that That offense will suck and that all of the pieces Ritter will underperform? Does it matter though? I mean, he had a good connection with Drake London, and Drake London right now isn't like one of those like top three, top five, top even ten wide receivers in Dynasty. So I, I really don't think, especially if you're selling him to some, if you're selling Drake to someone that likes Drake, I don't think you will like see the first like four, five, six games of the season, see him like slightly underperform what he was expecting because it's still what can you expect? It's a run heavy team, like there's consolidation of targets 
what can you expect him to be like? He, I'm, I have Drake London in a few places. I'm not expecting him to be a wide receiver one out of the gate. I'm expecting him to be much closer to like wide receiver 24. And I'm fine holding him with, for that. And I don't think like that plan will work that well. Because like if he starts off nice, like from the get go, then you're screwed. I mean, you just sold him a player that you like for maybe like. I won't say F or like close to that, but still like you sold him for less than what that he will be worth in like four or five weeks if he does perform well to start. No, I don't like the idea. I get yeah. the idea. Yeah, I, in, same. In theory, it's a great idea. In practice, it can go like south. London, it, cost, it just costs you a player you like. Yeah. I actually had something happen um in madden similar to this and um he he so someone traded one of their guys and it involved a draft pick and he started the season terrible and he's like bro let me get that draft pick back and do you know what happened when he asked for that draft pick back but the person who owned his draft pick asked for two more draft picks. That's what could happen to you with Drake London. Yeah, I just don't think there's a point. Especially if you're, if you're just... Like, best case scenario, what do you actually get? Like, if he starts the season off, like, badly or so on, or he underperforms, what are you getting, like, that you that you can't get after that underperformance? You're, like, getting, what, like, uh, two firsts, and then you get, like, a first and a second. I mean, there's just no point. You're just... It's a 40 chess move I don't even think you would attempt. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would. Like, in years prior, maybe, if I really believed the dude would suck and that I really like the dude. But, yeah, I, I, I just wouldn't take the risk right now. So, let's talk about an offense I actually do like, which is the Green Bay Packers. So... You can get just about every piece in the Green Bay Packers. I'm pretty sure after round five, other than Christian Watson, Christian Watson might might like teeter between round four and round five, but pretty much everyone else, you can get after round five. Yeah. So I think Green Bay really has everything that you could want if you're getting a quarterback. They have a good offensive line. They have drafted weapons, and I think Christian Watson is going to prove to be a valuable weapon moving forward. They have the two running backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Like, if Jordan Love fails, it is completely on Jordan Love. He has everything you could possibly want going into a situation and starting. So why not just take the risk and assume that he's not like catastrophically bad. And if it hits, you're probably winning your league because you also got players in the first, second and third round to go along with all that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have both been on take saying that we both like the, the Green Bay Packers offense. I think they're a value, as you said. I don't like, there's like one guy that I don't actually like on the receiving side of the ball, which Dobbs. is Rob Dobbs, yeah. I think Jaden Reed gets its job, basically. 
I still I, I wouldn't target both running backs. But no, yeah, not both. Yeah, I wouldn't target both. Uh, one, yeah, great. Yeah, like Aaron Jones, I think it's a massive value right now. Dude is yeah. like constantly performing well. Is constantly being like a running back one, except for the the injuries and so on. Here's what's going on with Aaron Jones, and here is why. Do you remember in one of our first episodes that we talked about the running back ages and then falling off a cliff? And I said it's more of a touch thing, not yeah. really an age thing. Aaron Jones has not received the proper amount of touches to fall off that cliff yet. He has passed the age, yes, but I he has not received the amount of touches yet. Yeah. I still think he has another fantasy productive season in him. I agree as well. I think, as we have mentioned before, I just think it's like one of those picks that isn't super sexy to make. It's just no. one of those older running backs who no one really likes a whole lot. Uh, I I like him, though. I think that the value is there. I think he can perform and overperform in this case his ADP. Uh, I just think like people are sleeping on him because he's one of the older backs, and like there's also that love for AJ Dillon. So some people so, aren't too attracted to him. Let's talk about a team that I don't agree with that you wanted on here, the Washington Commanders. Tell me what. Tell me who even are you targeting from the Washington Commanders? I mean, I gotta say, Samuel looks good. Don't you? Sam Owl looks really good, in my opinion. Uh, and yeah, I think I think you will be surprised by what they... I mean, like in his 2023 preseason, we're talking about like 28 for 37. He has 20, 265 yards, a 7.16 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, dude has performed well in the preseason. He's, I think he can support two wide receivers. I think he can support Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. The, the running backs, I think, are a value as well. Uh, like, Brian Robinson is constantly slapped on because he doesn't have the receiving work. But he has a red zone work, and he has most of the touches out of the backfield, Here's like the carries thing, and so Alex, on. Yes. You have to get in the red zone for red zone touches to accumulate. Uh, I think they'll get in the red zone. I think they'll be better than what we're giving them credit for. I think they will score points, dude. So you think yeah. the Washington Commanders, led by Sam Howell, I don't. I can't even name another target since Terry went down, other than Jahan Dotson. Curtis Samuel still there. Oh, oh, great. Curtis. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I got I got to say this stat here. Um, like with Sam Owl, the Washington uh, commanders have charted out 11% at a 78% rate on first early one. downs. Uh, I've charted out 11 personnel at a 78% rate on the first F early downs which is the fourth highest in the NFL, and a massive jump of 20% from 2022. This is a, a stat that I'm putting for Warren Sharp on Twitter. So yeah, they it, are running more three wide receiver sets is what you're saying. Yep, big, big uh, shift into the three wide, receivers, uh, three wide receiver sets in D.C. Perfect. 
Perfect. Great. So you. It should be a more pass-heavy offense. It's what they're telling us. That's great and all. Obviously, opportunity and volume are important. But you know what's also important, Alex? What? Who's delivering the football to you? You. Sam Owl is. Sam. Sam. Sam Howell is a top what quarterback, you think, right now? I mean, he's going really late. My outtake is that he finished the season as a top 20 QB. Oh, oh, that's a hot take. He'll finish the season. Okay, okay. Top 15 QB. That's a little bit better. Okay. I think he will, he will have plenty of rushing yardage as well. Rushing? I'm sorry. I just, I don't. What is their offensive line even graded? Can you please give me that? Like, give me something that this team does good that makes you believe in them. Is the offensive line graded good? I mean, I don't think it's the worst, to be frank. Is it above 15? Depends on which side you look at, I believe. (laughs) Some sides don't have them ranked that well. Some have them actually quite low. But I don't think they were a terrible unit last year. And they, I believe they, they had some additions this offseason as well, didn't they? Check it out, because I know I just heard you go for your... I just, I, I can't, I can't see... <laughs> I can't, I, I can't you don't see like Washington. Anymore. I just can't see a world where we get here and, like, I can, okay, I can see a world where we get here and Jahan Dotson is, like, a wide receiver three, maybe a low-end wide receiver two, and I'm sorry, I just don't see it. I just don't see the path. I think Terry will be, like, a high-end wide receiver two. And Jahan Dotson, a low-end wide receiver, too. I don't know how you see that. And I actually think both running backs will be running back twos as well. I don't know how you see that. Uh, they had a Andrew Wiley from KC this year on a three-year $24 million deal. They, they, added, they added, yeah, they added KC's offensive coordinator. No, offensive tackle. Tackle, I'm meaning the, the oh, players. Okay. Andrew Wiley. Okay. Yeah, and they also added Nick Gates from the Giants on a three-year, $16.5 million deal, the million dollar deal. Did they not also hire Eric Bieniemy? They hired Eric Bieniemy, yes. So, I'm just going to go to something Travis Kelsey said on his podcast, which is, and it does, it, it is an indictment on Eric Bieniemy, and it also isn't. So, when they asked... Who the off- when they asked Travis who the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs was, his answer was Andy Reid. So I don't know how much of what we saw in Kansas City as far as schemes go is going to get replicated in Washington. It could be a lot. It could be a little. I don't know. But I just don't see with what they have how even you can scheme this? What you're gonna scheme? <laughs> you're gonna scheme around Antonio Gibson? 
I I mean from from the eye test alone, I watched the the Ravens uh, Commanders game. The offense looked fine to me. Didn't like like didn't look like world beaters, which I mean Sam Owl isn't a world beater, but the offense looked good to me. And they snapped the, the Ravens win streak. They, they snapped the Ravens win streak in the preseason. Congratulations! Let's throw a party! I mean, it was, what, 24 games? <sighs> Impressive stuff. <laughs> the Ravens have a really deep roster and are consistent with it. That's the more impressive thing. To be frank, like, if you, if you like, combine his career preseason and regular season action, uh, dude isn't looking too bad for fantasy. I believe it's around, like, four games. He has 981 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions, 22 rushes for 154 yards and two touchdowns, which is roughly, like, it's 82.6 fantasy points. And in four games, it's around 20 points, basically, 20 fantasy points per game. Which, I mean, doesn't look terrible. I don't know. I think it's a sneaky offense. And I think if you target those players and the offense does pan out, as I believe it will, oh, if you I can, think you if might. If you target those players and the offense pans out, you can draft a whole roster before you even draft any of those guys. Other than Terry McLaurin. Yeah, so, Terry's going high. Yeah. So, no, yeah. If, that, if you're right on that and that pans out, you're set, buddy. You're set. You just won your league. Yeah, you just congratulations. You just won your league courtesy of Alex. Yeah, I mean, especially if you get like Sam Howell, who's right now like QB twenty eight in ADP. I mean, and if he does have like a top fifteen season, that's insane value. Oh. Don't sleep oh. on the Washington Commanders. Don't sleep I'm on them, especially if they add JT. Wink, wink. Oh, stop it. That would be terrible, and you know it. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think there's something here, and I like this offense. I want pieces of this offense, and they're all pretty pretty gettable at this point. So, last episode, you liked the Giants and Daniel Jones and Waller, Darren Waller. Yeah. This episode, you like Washington. So, who exactly? And last time I checked... You know, the Eagles and the Cowboys were still good. So, who, what team don't you like? What team's losing the NFC East? Oh, the Washington is losing the NFC. But I just think, like, the oh. issue is their defense isn't that great. Okay. So, that's 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 why they will be down in some of those games. And, I mean, I'm not saying, like, the offense will be perfect. I think the offense has flaws. I just think it can support those those fantasy pieces that I mentioned. If you say so, it can support, <laughs> it can support Jahan Dotson. It can support Antonio Gibson. It can support who, who's the other running back? Uh, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson, yeah, it can support Brian Robinson. You know, it can support <laughs> Terry McLaurin if he's there. You want to add the tight end? Do you even know who? I don't even know who the tight end in Washington. Who's the tight oh, end? it's still it's still Logan Thomas, I believe, oh, but I wouldn't is add Logan him. Thomas fantasy viable? No, 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 no. Got Logan Thomas? No, 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 no. Okay, he can support all that, but not Logan. Okay. No. So. <laughs> and to be frank, Jahan Dotson one of was. The offenses I've seen talked a lot about, and I actually want to discuss this because it does look good on paper. 
is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So are you high or are you low on the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because the arguments I see a lot is, yes, Kenny Pickett started the season struggling, but as the season progressed, he turned the ball over less. He performed better. They have two target hog wide receivers in George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. They have a really solid tight end in Pat Fryermuth. And they have apparently two solid running backs in Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. So what do you make? Is this is this the offense that will win you your fantasy league come the end of the season, do you think? I think much we have mentioned this before, but I think much like the the Packers offense, it's an offense that's being slapped on. Uh, both of those those wide receivers that you mentioned, Josh, uh, George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, they're both going around wide receiver 40, if I'm not mistaken. One is going like 40 and the other 41, which is insane because like Deontay Johnson is often one of the most targeted wide receivers in the league. So he's a target hog, so I don't see how he'll finish that low. The offense last year had clear struggles, but part of it was the start. Like Pickett was a rookie. The offensive line wasn't great. They started with Trubisky, which wasn't good at all. My main issue with this offense is still that they are being like coached by their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, which I honestly don't like. I've mentioned that before. Uh, I just don't think he will use a good coach. Um, so I like the pieces of the offense. I like the prices they are in. I don't expect them to be like that supreme type of offense. Like I, like I, I can see a Green Bay Packers offense being. I just don't see that with the Steelers. I just think like the pieces are being uh, undervalued, and that's mostly because they have like two wide receivers, and the community seems to be split on those. Some are going for what they seem to be to think that is the alpha on that team in George Pickens, and the others are going for the target dog in Deontay Johnson, who has those drop issues that we uh, that we have known uh like from Quentin years prior Johnson or Quentin Johnson who you got leading leading drops um it's Quentin Johnston uh, if you want to talk about Quentin Johnston the, re- the latest report that I read was that he was being inconsistent in practice so good stuff good stuff there from most like few of you guys like what top three rookie wide receiver the next Nikki Larry I think Perfect. I think there's a chance you're too harsh on Quinn, but at the same time, I don't like him enough to defend him. So, yeah, mm. I mean, just keep drafting him because he was he's in a good offense. That worked well for Clyde Edwards Hiller. <laughs> so, man, do we want to talk about the Saints again? Because I got sniped on Chris Olave, and I'm mad. I'm really. Mad. I'm also mad. Not because you got sniped, but because that led me to get sniped. <laughs> yeah. For those of you that know, we're we're doing our annual redraft league. Like a bunch of us who have been in this league for quite a while, uh, we mostly play in other leagues together as well. And in the third round, uh, Angelo was eyeing Chris Olave at the three ten, but he went three seven. Yeah. And at that point, I just knew that he would take Devontae Smith, who I was eyeing at the 312. It's your fault. And here's why it's your fault. Because at the 1 2 turn, you went Justin Fields and Eric Eckler. Because here's the thing 
if you'd have just done what you should have done, which is draft Tyreek Hill, then I would be debating Stefan Diggs and Chris Olave at that selection, and it's probably going to Diggs still. But regardless, like, I'm not putting Chris Olave in the debate with Tyreek Hill and Diggs. So, so I, yeah. I couldn't. I wanted so badly to overtake him, but I just I could not. I could not see a justification for it based on what was there. And it's super yeah. black, so of course it, it would have been like wide receiver four at that point, which is yeah. way too high. Yeah, yeah. I I pondered Hill here instead of Fields. I just think that like mid season or so, I think I can flip Fields for more. Even though I don't love him, I think. There's a good bunch of people here. Yeah, but there's there's quite a few guys here that like him. So, I mean, we have known most of these guys for a few years. We know which players they like, they don't like. And we know also, like, how they usually play. So, I'm fairly confident. Although this league isn't super active on trades, I am fairly confident that I can flip him. For... Yeah. Yeah, you don't seem to like Justin Fields where I picked him, which was QB6. I mean, it was QB, what, 4, 5, 6, 7, QB7? I mean... I don't know. I'm just happy I got Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill at the start, I guess. I mean, he did finish QB7 last year. He has DJ Moore, so... I know, man. Hey, what? I do need to make my pick here. Oh, you are on the clock? Yeah, I'm still on the clock. I've been on the clock since prior to the episode starting. I just don't like anyone at the pick right now. Going dry. All right, let's see this. Let's see what you got here. Okay, so Trojans went to Higgins. Jonathan Taylor, you don't like him enough to pick him. Tua, you've said that you wanted to wait later to get your second quarterback, which is fine. Kirk, or Madre, had the... <laughs> just had the Zeke just... Elliott signing. Brees Hall, you just had the Cook signing. Najee Harris, maybe. Volume, I guess. Hawkinson. Metcalf. Metcalf? Aaron Rodgers, Gibbs, ETN. Yeah, I don't envy you. Yeah, it's Get your not a great spot. Longer, dude. Nah, it's, it's too early for him right now. If you don't get him now, you're not getting him. Oh, I'm getting him. I can definitely get him in the 4th and 5th. If, if you don't get him now, you're not getting him. I'm definitely tempting that because I'm not thinking him right now. I mean, I, <laughs> I, just, I just have to take Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I don't like it, but yeah, it's what I have to do. And now I have another pick because I like the board so much that I have to pick again. Oh yeah, the great board. It's, it's I, bloody I think perfect. I have to end up taking Tua to stack with Tyreek. But regardless, which I'm not mad about. Honestly, I probably should have went Tua over Devontae, but we had the episode last week about Devontae. I just couldn't pass him up, so I took the risk that that Tua doesn't fall to me. But regardless, we have a show. <laughs> we do have a show. 
So, is there any other offense you want to talk about? You took Justin Fields. You want to talk about the Bears? Who do you want? Who you want to stack with Justin Fields on the Bears, Alex? I mean, let's just to give some context to our listeners. Uh, so last night I took Justin Fields uh, at uh, 112 or two hundred one. We literally just established this. Yeah. And the first question that Angelo asked me was if I believe like Fields will have a top seven, top eight QB season. Who is he going on uh, with that, uh, with him on that ride? And like my answer is no one because like Danny Danny Dimes just finished like as a top ten QB and who went with them uh, with him on that on that ride? No one of note. Like apart from Saquon, who's a running back. I assume you're mentioning like wide receiver tight end and no one went with them on that ride so yeah i i just uh... so then include the running backs who's coming what 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 other player is going to be good you can't just say justin fields is gonna have a top 10 quarterback season in fantasy and no one else on the team is gonna do anything okay so who did anything last year on the bears david montgomery Oh, Darnell Mooney, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> Darnell Mooney, I believe, was injured for quite a few a few weeks, well, wasn't he? He was nice when he was out there, though. I mean, nice. I'm not sure I would call him nice. Uh, di- he seemed to have the best connection with Field. Okay, so David Montgomery was a, a top 24 running back last year on PP- in PPR. Great. I'm fairly certain that Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson can finish like that as well. And Darnell Mooney was wide receiver 71. So I'm fairly certain someone in the Bears will be the wide receiver 70 or lower. What was he in points per game? Uh, Points per game-wise would be nice if we had that information here on the screen. Uh, But he did... uh, He played like 12 games. uh, So under like 10 points per game. He finished the season on 101.5 fantasy points by 12. I mean, he had like 8 points per game. Do we like 8 points per game? No, not really. Yeah, so... I don't necessarily think he needs anyone to come with him on that ride, so... Okay. I can, I can pair him down the line with a Darnell Mooney, for example. I just don't see the point, though, because I don't think any of them will be viable like, consistently viable fantasy options. I guess that's true. Let's talk about another offense that I I projected them to have a bounce-back season, the Browns. So, Nick Chubb is probably finishing as the fantasy RB1, I hope he is. Wouldn't be shocked, to be honest. He seems to be more included in the passing game right now. Although I have to say the latest report that I've heard from Browns camp was that the Browns offense has looked terrible. terrible. So terrible. Yeah. Terrible. terrible. Just I don't know if the offense looks terrible. I assumed Watson looked terrible last year because of the time off. I mean, maybe it just isn't just good. Bad? Could he be just bad? Could he though? Can you can you go from being as good as the Sean Watson was at football to just not good at football anymore? 
I, I wouldn't believe it, but that's kind. Of, that's kind of the thing that would like dumbfound me. Like Deshaun Watson was, you know, basically carrying those teams, the Houston teams, to the playoffs. Was consistently a fantasy viable option. I believe he was consistently in the top five or ten in fantasy quarterbacks, and just. You know, the incident that happened happens and he gets taken away from football for two years and he can't play football anymore, really? I mean, let me put the, the question the other way around. If the inverse is possible, why can't this scenario be possible? If you can go from, like, playing terribly to playing awesome, why can't the inverse be possible? I guess because... At least for me, it's hard to envision. Like, I could see it if, like, you just got aged out. Like, you, you got slower, your arm isn't as strong. I could see that. But to say, like, hey, I'm good at this thing. I'm still young. I got. I couldn't do this thing for two years. I can't get back into I just can't see it. I just can't see it. Like, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he could just be terrible. At football, maybe he's not the quarterback the Browns pay two hundred million dollars for. But wasn't it two hundred and fifty? I'm pretty sure it was two hundred fifty, all guaranteed. <laughs> it was terrible. I don't know. To I be just, frank, I just can't see it. Yeah, they have made making moves, though. I'm not sure who they want to who they want to bring in, but they right now they have the most cap in anyone in the league by a mile. They've restructured like Miles Garrett and David Njoku, for example. So they have over. I like. I know. I've been in Ohio my whole life. The Browns have been a laughing stock since I've been a kid. They are trying so, so, so hard to be a good team, and it's kind of like not infuriating to me because I'm a Bengals fan, but it's just so sad to watch at this point them fail. Because it's not like they're not trying to be great. They're trying to be really, really great. They brought, they went through the process of bringing in the analytics guy. I believe it was Sashi Brown, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was. And I think he set them up, the roster up amazingly. I think the roster is at the point it's at because of Sashi to a large extent. And I, I think they should have kept him around. But this roster is a playoff roster. You can't tell me the the Cleveland Browns on paper aren't a roster any quarterback wouldn't want to have. What 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 do you want? Oh, an offense, offensive line. Check. The Browns are usually in the top 3. Oh, what about weapons? They got they acquired Amari Cooper. They have developed Donovan Peoples-Jones and apparently Elijah Moore looks really good. They have a running back in Nick Chubb. They have a tight end in David Njoku. What about the defense? Oh, we just have one of the best pass rushers in the whole league. We drafted a, a quarterback, Denzel Ward. Like, I, I'm, I'm struggling to find how the Browns continually to underperform with this roster. Explain it to me, explain it to me, Alex. How are the Browns this bad with this roster? Could it be a mentality thing? No. It's just like one of those teams that has lost so much and needs like that uptick in the mentality and change in the in the mentality of the team. 
Could it just be bad coaching overall? Maybe the the coordinators aren't there. Do you? Th- oh, well, ah, uh, no, 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 no. You don't. You don't get to say bad coaching and then leave Kevin Stefanski off the hook. Is it I mean, Kevin Stefanski? I don't think it's Kevin Stefanski. You don't seem to love Kevin Stefanski from his time uh, with the with the Vikings. Boring. But I mean, he produces decent to good offenses quite often. The offense didn't look terrible with Jacoby Brissett as well. It looked way no. worse with Deshaun Watson. So yeah. I think I think it's a mix, and I think like we are. I mean, for fantasy, we're we're going super bullish on Deshaun Watson, uh, like a top twelve QB after what we just saw from him. I think we're just like sweeping that under the rug, calling that like. Game rest and so on. I'm very surprised that we've done that as far as yeah. MVP goes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in our draft, it just went like 3.3. So QB, He's four, five, six. Yeah, he was drafted by, by Ollie, who oh. is a bronze fan. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that checks. He was QB9 going off the board. And oh, to be frank, yeah, I believe like his ADP isn't that far off. So. And I, I actually even think you drafted them at a at a discount at this point because it was suggested like right after Trevor Lawrence to me. I believe it was around like ADP twenty, if not mistaken. So Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson are two separate tier of quarterbacks to me. Are we giving Lawrence too much of a credit though? That's why no are we, no we're not. How, I, mean, I don't know. Too much credit. I don't know, we're giving him, like, that top 7 QB. I mean, we're drafting him as that eye, like, that top 10 QB. Do we think he has that in him? Yes. We'll see. Last, last season, he did finish uh, as the QB 8. I'm just not sure, man. The I'm just not sure. top 10 offense this year, and they added more pieces, yes. They had an old, an old hand, was uh, an old wide receiver who hasn't played in like two years. Old? Calvin Ridley, old? What is old to you? How old is Calvin Ridley, do you think? Twenty-eight. No, <laughs> I believe he's about to be twenty-nine, isn't he? Get it up right now. Calvin Ridley will be. 20? Yeah, he's 28, will be 29 in December. Yeah. He has five football seasons in, under him. No, no, he, he doesn't even have five seasons under his belt. He has like three seasons in five games. So he's tw- like, he will be 29 by the end of the season. And he will have played like around four seasons, which isn't great. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even if you say Calvin Ridley was more of a beneficiary of circumstance with the Atlanta Falcons offense, because if I'm not mistaken, the last time he played, we saw him play great, was with that Matt Ryan historic Atlanta Falcons offense. Am I right? Yes, and Julio was out for most of it. Yes. But even if he's not that, is he not an upgrade over what they were touting out there last season? Outside of Christian Kirk, possibly is he better than Zay Jones. Now, that's pretty much what I'm asking. Is he better than Zay Jones? I want to say possibly. Possibly, it has to be. It has to be a yes. Even if he's not 
the top wide or a top wide receiver, there's a pretty big gap between one of the top wide receivers and Zay Jones. If you say so. If you say. <laughs> I don't hate Zay Jones as much as you do, apparently. Zay Jones, apparently. West played much more football and he's younger or rather on the age of Calvin Ridley, so. If you say so. <laughs> I think I think it will be a good offense. I don't think there will be an elite offense, though. That's my point. Plus, uh, they have one of their starting uh, offensive linemen. Uh, I believe it's the tackle being suspended for the first six games, I believe. Four six games due to the PEDs. Oh, you just got called out. I'm going to tell him you're having a crisis right now. I'm having a, an existential crisis here after drafting JT. <laughs> yeah, I made one that I didn't want to make. So... You really don't work. I have no clue. Today. Right. I have no clue why I'm picking. You have no clue who you're picking. Absolutely no clue. <laughs> oh man! One one offense that I do want to talk about that we seem to be higher on than consensus. I have oh. been seeing the Rams offense cons- consistently rated like bottom of the league, and we seem uh-huh. to be okay with them. We seem to I have them going or hovering around five hundred. Yeah, and like most places I've seen them, be like thirty, thirty first, thirty second rated offense. I mean, are we giving them too much credit? What do you mean? Are we giving? Listen, okay. So, let's say Matthew Stafford. Are we assuming Matthew Stafford is healthy and he's going to play the full season? Apparently so. Is 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 it closer to reality than he's not going to play? Would it shock me if he doesn't play the whole season? No. Do I think he will play the whole season? Probably. Do oh. I think the gap from going from Matt Stafford to Stenson Bennett is absolutely massive? Yeah, pretty much. So here's the thing: if Stafford plays most or full of the se- all of the season, one-two throw it to Cooper Cup is still probably a top-half offense. Does he have one-two though? Because with the amount of offensive linemen they lost in the last two years. Does he even have one at this point? He should. I mean, Cooper Cup is still we we I gave him his flowers in one of the chats. Cooper Cup is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. If you want to argue he is the best, I wouldn't fight you too much. I think it's Justin Jefferson, but I wouldn't fight you too much. So, yes, Cooper Cup is going to get open and he's going to get open quickly. In one second? Sure. I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure. You know, I understand that 
you're a Seahawks fan and you got victimized by that interception, just realize I got victimized by one, two, throw it to Cooper Cup on the last drive of the Super Bowl. Yes, they'll be fine if they have that. But that offensive line actually gave him one, two seconds. I just don't think the offensive line is there. I think we are probably being a bit too bullish on them by having them with those records. I also have them, like, I don't have them quite 500, but I have them very close to 500, I believe. Like seven wins or so. I think I think the Rams are better than people are giving people yeah. I saw that and I was pretty surprised by seeing them rank that low. But then again, I understood like the rationale behind it. Like the offensive line isn't great. The running backs are iffy. There's no one in that offense besides Cooper Cup receiving. And Stafford has the injuries. So Kukanakua. Which yeah, apparently, sure. which apparently is a big like friend of Dana White for some reason. <laughs> that was one of the random facts that I saw while scrolling on Instagram the other day. Really? Yeah, like one of those things that they do with the rookies, where they're basically like uh, for the Instagram, where they have to call their fam- their most famous people on the on the the phone or so on. And his was Dana White. Yeah, interesting combination from a guy's like from wasn't he like from BYU or some type of college like that? Like one of those lower, I believe it was. Yeah, he played for BYU this past season, and he played for Washington. So we're talking about the Rams, might as well. What do you think about the? Because it seems like Cam Akers is one of the most divisive running backs in fantasy. You either have him as a potential league winner or you have him as running back in the running back dead zone. All he's got is volume, and he really isn't that good with the volume anyway. So it's probably a bust. So where where do you fall on that spectrum? Are you, you, yes, go for it, league winner Cam Akers, or are you like, yeah, he's probably not worth where he's going? I mean, right now he's going around player 73. And if he didn't have that last stretch of the season, no one would touch him. But since he had, like, what was it? I mean, he had 12.8, 13.3, 32.7, and 10 points, which is basically, like, what, 30, like, 70 points of the total. He had 70 points in those last, like, four games. And his season total was 140. So he effectively had around half of his total fantasy points in the last four, four weeks of the season. So if those weeks <laughs> don't happen, I don't think we are talking about him as much as we are right now. Uh, I was never a... Because here's the argument I see people on the makers boat make. Who is supplanting him? They got no one. Aaron Williams? Henderson, Henderson. <laughs> Williams, really? I mean, I sort of liked Williams prior to his to his combine or his private workout or whatever that he had like that really low 40. But I liked him at Notre Dame. So, 
maybe I don't think it's totally out of the question. I don't think he looked particularly great last season, but so didn't like Acres to start the season. Uh, I think Cam Acres struggling could equate more to what is Achilles? Bro, it's Cooper Cup. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, to be fair, it could be, it could be just that Trevor to Cooper Cup is so effective that they don't need a running back. But if so, then just don't draft K Makers or anyone else. Just draft Cooper Cup because apparently, if Cup is healthy, K Makers will have plenty of those games where he was basically he had eight point two, nine point one, one point three, and three point three to start the season. So if that's what you're getting with Cup on the field, I mean. Just don't draft the running backs. Do you think, because another person who's been kind of divisive is Cooper Cup, because do you think that going, and this is crazy to say because the man goes top 10, is someone who goes number seven who could be the wide receiver one? Because let's be real. When Cooper Cup is healthy, all we have seen from him is borderline the wide receiver one or the wide receiver one with no debate. Is it crazy to have him as low as, like, five, six, seven? I think it is. Because think it is? Yeah, I think if the dude is fully healthy, as he appears to be right now, didn't he have, like, 20-point-something points per game or 21-point-something points Pretty per game? Sure 23. Yeah, and he, he led the league in points per game, I believe, last season, even uh, prior to the injury. So he was still, like, the best wide receiver in the league. He was still, like, ahead of Jefferson, Chase, and so on. I think you can make an argument for any of those three wide receivers to be the first taken. But Cup, outside of the top five, I just don't see it. I don't think he'll as an argument, but Diggs, I just don't think he is. He has any sort of argument to be there. You don't think Diggs has an argument? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, no. Not to me, at least. To me, I think Diggs is definitely in the argument, too. I mean, he's... Since... Because I remember when we used to argue about Diggs. Since Diggs basically got moved out of Minnesota, he's been... A wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean, he has been three uh, wide receiver three, seven, and four in PPR finishes. But, like, for those top four guys that I mentioned, Hill was on pace for almost 2,000 yards last season before all of the two uh, injuries and so on. And he finished the season with 1,700 uh, yards. I know, that's why I drafted him. Yeah. And Cooper Cup was leading the wide receivers uh, in points per game. With I mean, the dude played nine games and had 200 points. It's it's stupid. And he has, like, one of the best season ever for a wide receiver, if not the best season ever for a wide receiver, with close to 440 points scored. Fancy's points scored. So all of those top five, top five, top four guys, I bet, uh, I think they have a case to to be like one, two, three, four. It's basically it depends. Some could have Cup one, Jefferson two. I can even see Hill three. To be fair, we love Chase because of the upside that he has. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if yeah, Hill finishes ahead of, of him. My, here's kind of my 
my hot take. I think Jamar Chase is the wide receiver up there who might not belong up there. You should definitely, if you believe so, you should definitely trade him to me in the Dynasty League. Just to be not safe. Not in Dynasty. No, no, no. Not in <laughs> Dynasty. But in redraft. The second wide receiver off the board, I don't know. You know what you should really there, do? You, you want you want someone there who has an argument to finish as the wide receiver one. I don't know what his argument for the wide receiver one is. We've seen it from Tyreek Hill because he's done it. We've seen it from Cooper Cup because he's done it. We've seen it from Justin Jefferson because he's done it. We haven't seen it from Jamar yet. I think Jamar had a case last year. He missed like four games, was wide receiver 12 with 241 points per game. I think he, he had a chance last year. And he's still on year two, so I, I still think we can see it. Uh, but one thing that you should definitely do if you if you think that is just maybe sell him to me like super early in <laughs> Dynasty and then buy him like four or five weeks later because he will certainly dip. This Def- guy, uh, I I would I would just try it. Who knows? Maybe you get some <laughs> something good there. Yeah, Chase Chase was still like wide receiver six in points per game, which to be frank was behind Diggs and Adams, and that just tells me that the Adams is probably going way too lower. That's also very possible. Yeah, because Adams right now in order, for example, he went three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine. Wide receiver nine, which to a guy like Adams, he has never, he hasn't finished. Like uh, he finished like below wide receiver five. No, in PPR it's below wide receiver three, in one season since two thousand eighteen, and he was injured for part of it. But that's kind of the thing. Here's kind of the thing with um, redraft. And you could kind of correlate this to Dynasty as well, is when you're drafting wide receivers, there is like the guys who have been at the top because they produced at the top, and there's the guys who are either young, just got drafted, who you think could produce at the top but haven't produced there yet. I think Jamar Chase is closer to the second tier than the first tier, but I do think like – this season he's going to get in the first year but we i don't think we've seen that though that's kind of the thing the guys at the top are usually the guys at the top i almost i almost want to say jamar chase and Devonte adams in another in another universe would be swapped with where they were yeah because much like what happens with the running backs we we also want the, the new shiny ties at wide receiver and like Chase is 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 one of the new whatness, and Adams is like, I mean, <laughs> to justify that, you just need to check that Garrett Wilson went ahead of Devontae Adams. I mean, that kind of tells <laughs> it all. I think that's that's quite literally insane. Uh, to be frank, like Garrett Wilson going ahead of like a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, it's it's stupid to me. So Amon Ra is getting the hype this year. Like I Amon Ra is because when we started this, I started consuming more fantasy content just to see A what was out there, B to get some good information. Amon Ra St. Brown is talked about as the savior in in fantasy this year. 
Yeah, and like he finished last season as a wide receiver seven, and in our draft he just went like the wide receiver ten. There's absolutely nothing that changed in the situation for the worse. I can only see changes for the better. Uh, and he's going like three slots lower than where he finished last year, behind right. guys like Garrett Wilson, which the Garrett Wilson, I mean, the Garrett Wilson thing is just ridiculous to me. Oh, it was Austin who drafted him. Oh, Austin. <laughs> oh, my boy. Oh, no. Austin didn't fail there, probably. I don't did like the pick. Did Austin blow it with that pick? I think he did. I think, but I'm on the camp that Garrett Wilson will disappoint this year, according mm-hmm. to his ADP, of course. So let's talk about the Jets really quickly because. <laughs> The Jets are kind of a hard team to evaluate. They have, like, weapons galore, it seems like, especially at running back. They have Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. They have Garrett Wilson, and oh, they acquired a bunch of Packer wide receivers. Like, I believe they are Kyle, acquired Cobb and Lazard. Am I correct on that? Yeah, they acquired Cobb and Lazard, yes. Lazard and Lazard, and they also still have Corey Davis. Yeah. So, how do you, how do you, I guess, project this team? Is Aaron Rodgers going to go back to, like, MVP Aaron Rodgers? Is, like, what do you project with this offense? Uh, I don't think he will go back to that level. I think it will be a slow-paced offense. I've mentioned here before, but I think it will be a slow-paced offense. Uh, I don't particularly love where Garrett Wilson is going. I think uh, he will have plenty of targets for his guys, basically, like the um, the Garrett, uh, the Alan Lazard and the Randall Cobbs of the world. He will have plenty of targets for those. And now he, they also signed Evan Cook. They still have Chris Hall. I think it will be like a very slow-paced... They also signed who? You said they also signed... Oh, uh, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I don't particularly love that offense for fantasy, which is probably a not take at this point. Because I'm seeing a lot of love for most, mostly all of the pieces there, so. I mean, I'm all in on Brees. I think Brees is the truth. But at the same time, I can acknowledge that a lot of the Packer weapons are going probably sooner than they should. Yeah. I think, especially Wilson, I think it will be a big disappointment this year. Because here's here's the argument for Wilson, and here's probably why he goes so high. When was the last time we saw Aaron Rodgers with that level of wide receiver? You would argue it was Devontae Adams. Yes. And we saw what he did at the tail end of the season targeting Christian Watson. And you just... Correct basically combine that production and add it to Garrett Wilson, and that's kind of where we're at right now. He's at standards I'm not sure he can hit. Yeah, my argument would just be like... He'd have to be one of the top wide receivers in the league to, to be... Is Garrett Wilson at that level, though? Yet? I, not, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so as well, and I love them as a, as a prospect, and I, I still like him as a, a dynasty option. I just don't think for like for this year, like how that offenses, how that offense like projects in my mind. I just don't think like 
he will have that volume and that like opportunity to be like one of those top five guys, basically. I think a wide receiver two is much more in the cards for him, in my opinion. So, ob obligatory Bengals talk. Is there any chance T. Higgins finishes as a wide receiver one? The answer is no, right? I think it's a, a resounding no. Yeah, the answer is no. T. Higgins, yeah. great wide receiver. I think he's going to be, as at least as long as Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense is Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense, I think he's going to be one of those guys who – you know, teeters between like high end wide receiver two, mid range wide receiver two. Maybe he even finishes a wide receiver one season. I could see that. I could totally see that. We but are giving him more credit than than he has actually. I mean, uh, his highest finished. He finished as a what? Eighteen. Yeah, wide receiver eighteen with Chase missing a bunch of games and him playing seventeen games. I don't know, man. I think he's constantly one of those guys that gets overhyped and gets drafted as a top 12 wide receiver, when in reality, he always misses that mark. I mean, he was wide receiver 18 this past year, 24 the year prior. But he's also always gone up. But at the same time, I do think he has one wide receiver one season in him. I just don't know if this is it. Or... Heaven forbid Jamar Chase somehow doesn't get resigned. He is, we're talking about this in a dynasty aspect, he is the de facto wide receiver one in Cincinnati. I mean, I think the other way around is much more likely, though. He doesn't get, re T. Higgins doesn't get resigned? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, they are, didn't they already pay him? No, they didn't. I don't believe they have paid them. Yeah, they haven't paid him. I know they got Joe Mixon back on a super cheap deal. Maybe that's going to be a... Maybe all the Bengals players are going to come back on super cheap deals because the Bengals aren't used to winning. Probably. Uh, we do have some breaking news here. Uh, we don't have a sound for a breaking news, unfortunately. I got something for it. Guess I'm using this one. Okay, but... guess he's using that one. Corey Davis has informed the team that he has plans to step away from football right now. So, Corey Davis is retiring from the NFL. What? Yeah, at age 28, I believe. Holy crap. He came in the same class as Christian McCaffrey. He did. He did. I remember that draft. That was our first draft in the, the Dynasty League, like our own league, basically. That was our first draft ever. And he was my first pick ever. He was the 101 in that draft. I was so high on him as well. I I thought he would be the next Terrell Owens. <laughs> the next Terrell Owens? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, didn't pan out quite as well. You are higher on wide receivers than you are on running backs. Yeah. And it didn't went well. It just shows, like, <laughs> how old we're actually getting. Like, one of the players that we drafted has now retired. Oh, man. Don't... Yeah. I already know I'm getting old. Hmm. Well, I think I'm good on that one. I think I'm good on the uh, the sad ending of, you know, I'm getting older, the world's ending, cats and dogs are living together. That yeah. stuff. 
<laughs> Are you going to make a pick before this podcast, the second pick before this podcast is over? Okay, I'll actually make the pick right now. I was looking at a few things. Uh, so, I'm actually between two guys. I'm actually, three guys, to be frank. I'm between DK Metcalf right now. The thing with DK is I don't think he will justify the the peak, the peak where I'm getting him right now. I've, uh -huh. I don't think he has a high chance to be a, a wide receiver one at this point. Okay. At running back, I'm looking at Ramondre Stevenson. Even with Zeke, I gotta believe he has the volume in the in the intermediate yardage. And I gotta believe Bill Belichick sees that maybe Zeke isn't that effective on the, on the goal line as well. And at QB, I'm actually looking at Daniel Jones. Daniel surprisingly Jones, enough, are you gonna complete the the prophecy and do the Daniel Jones Darren Waller stack? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I could look into it. I don't think I don't think Daniel Jones. Uh, I don't think Darren Waller will be there at the pick like five twelve. <laughs> but I could look into that. I could also so, go to him. What's up? I could also go to him and just, could go to and just slightly screw you. Yeah. yeah. No, they wouldn't slightly screw me. You would completely ruin my stack. So, hey, do what you need to do, buddy. But if you enjoyed this, guess what? We got a fancy donate button now. So you can give us money. You know. Go check out the other podcasts. The no reserves basketball. I am on it. Alex is not because he does not get basketball in Portugal. And I do. I just can't follow it like regularly. Uh huh. Uh -huh. And F funny enough, go ahead. Funny enough, I, I do have. I do play like in a, a fantasy basketball league. I just pay like Dude, zero I attention don't. to it. I don't. I mean, I. Pay no attention to it, and I believe last season I was in the finals, or at least in the semifinals. So, what is your roster? I have no clue. It's a dynasty league. I know I have like Dame, for example. I know I have. I know I have Ben Simmons for quite a while now. Oh, that was a roller coaster. You weren't even there. I... For... Yeah. Oh man. I also have, I believe, the Manta Sabonis. Which is oh that's that's it that's it yeah. big time yeah you he usually gets good points but yeah I pay very little attention to it and I usually like do nicely as nice as you can do without paying attention to it so <laughs> as nice as you can do without paying <laughs> guy so check out the basketball podcast. Austin is doing our social medias. He actually just started back up work. So I'm not sure how active he's going to be on there, but he was pretty active during the summer. But I'm actually really proud of him. You know, he's done a lot. And do the social media, do the, do the socials things like subscribe, all that fun jazz. Don't forget to rate the podcast five stars as well. If you're watching oh! on any podcast platform, yeah. Oh, oh, Alex! Coming With the blood, let's go! <laughs> All right, this is going up. I think tomorrow. So we'll see you next time. The next episode after this one is up is going to be the basketball one. So we'll see you again Tuesday.
Have a good one, guys. There you go, buddy.